Hey folks, and welcome back to another episode of Get Wrecked, the only podcast anywhere in the world where two buds take turns recommending and reviewing some of their favorite pop culture hits, hidden gems, and oddities. I'm of course your host and resident silly boy Thor, joined today as always by my friend and co-host, this tainted love he's given. He'll give you all a boy can give. It's Micah. Yo. What's, is that just this tainted love? Tainted love. Yeah. Whoa. whoa, whoa. Yeah. Tainted oh, love. What a good song. Yeah. And I feel like tainted love kind of fits what we're going to get into today. Oh, it absolutely does. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. Not to imply that your love is tainted in any way like this movie is. <laughs> <laughs> that's I know that's not the case, but yeah. just it felt appropriate for this episode. That song is forever going to be stuck in my head as a song that you hear at three in the morning when a TV station no longer is playing TV shows, and now they're just playing that uh, '80s six cd collection oh my god the six cd collection from the 80s the yeah. 80s greatest hits yeah where they would just play it would have the whole list of songs scrolling you know that doesn't exist anymore right what the tv that stations? can't exist anymore oh it can't well no. like the commercials for cds like well i mean i figured, figured they wouldn't exist anymore because nobody yeah. buys cds yeah exactly but yeah that's but that's that song is always in there for for some reason. And then there's I think I'm turning Japanese. That song. Oh, I, Dude, I love I think I'm turning Japanese. <laughs> I always think about those songs as just staying up late. I would just keep that on because I liked the sound clips, but there was no <laughs> way for me to actually like find the music. Yeah, so you just got a 10 second yeah, clip of, a 10 of second, cool songs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now. You know what? I wish maybe I'll have to go back on YouTube, see if I can find those old things and then like write down the bands as they're playing. <laughs> well, that's the most insane thing I've ever heard. <laughs> so that I can like find them. Just go on Google and search popular 80s songs. But I and you'll don't, get the same list. I don't know if I will, Thor. I don't trust that. I feel like I got to watch the whole three hour ad again. Can I be honest? There is actually, that's funny because there is one song that I learned about from like one of those commercials. Okay. And anytime I hear it, I think about the commercial. Oh yeah. It was for the CD mega power ballads. Oh yeah. More than words is all you have to say to make it real yep uh-huh and so i didn't know that song existed till i heard it on that commercial okay and then a couple years later when i actually heard the song Mm -hmm. and i was like oh my god that's the song from the commercial (laughs) that's the song from the commercial yeah that's how i found out about white snake because i heard is this love yeah i just heard is this love that I'm feeling, and then it would go into something else. Can you imagine telling like a like a 15 year old kid today? <laughs> they wouldn't understand. <laughs> then, uh, I used to watch this thing. It was called television, and they had <laughs> these commercials, and you had to watch them. You couldn't skip through them. And then they played clips of these songs from the 80s. Uh, they still made music with like guitars, you know, back in the dark ages. Back in the and dark ages. 
and you would hear these songs and you couldn't find them. So you wouldn't even really, you know, like there was no way to listen to it. Yeah. And then, so what you would do is you would order the physical music through the mail. Yeah. Through the (laughs) mail. Yeah. So that you could listen to the music. Sheesh. Wild. What? What? That really like when I was a kid, Imagine how our grandparents feel. Yeah, I was just going to say, when I was a kid, <laughs> my parents or grandparents would tell me things, and I'm like, that's crazy that you did things that way. And now, that's where we're at. Yeah. But, but I feel like... CDs are ba- for like young people nowadays, CDs are basically like iron lungs to us. Where it's like you kind you kind of understand it, but yeah. you've never seen one in the wild. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, what a wild thing. What a wild thing that is. <sighs> All right, Thor. So are we are we ready to learn about some tainted love? Oh, we will. Dude, so but before we do that, oh, okay. All right. I have some I'm kinda so you know how I'm horrible at like accents and impressions? Yes. Dude, I've been working on some impressions. Okay. I want to get your thoughts. All right. Okay. All right. So Tell me if you can spot this. Okay. I know everybody loves Raymond, but not everybody sucked his dick, Diane. Got it? This guy whose wife cheated on him with Ray Romano. It's pretty good, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay, that was... That Wait, was, hold on. Are that we, was kind of tough. Are we just... I'm not doing accents, just impressions, okay? But but is, are they impressions of, of, like, people that I know or no? Oh. Okay. They're, they're impressions. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. Try this one. All right. Is it just me or is this Walmart really spooky? Is that Shaggy? No, that's a guy who accidentally walked into a spirit Halloween store. <laughs> okay. All right. What, are you going to fuck the kid who restocks the Freddy Krueger masks too, Diane? It was, it was the same guy. Same the same guy. Time. Yeah, <laughs> actually, same guy. Same guy. Okay. You're getting better, I think. Yeah. 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 One more. I'll give you one more. Okay. Man, what's up with all these Chinese people at this Wendy's? Sounds like... Englishman who's in a Wendy's in China. Close. It's a guy who walked into the Chinese restaurant next to the Wendy's. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm getting pretty good. Yeah. I'm getting pretty good. I've been yeah. dialing them in. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're pretty solid, Thor. <laughs> I've been dialing them in. Yeah. Oh, my. <sighs> I've given up on trying to do accents, normal accents and impressions, and I'm like, I'll just make up my own. Make up your own. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you, you're nailing it, Thor. You're nailing it. Uh, speaking of nailing. Jesus. Ugh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was a horrible joke. Just go to the next segment. Just go to the next segment. Right, put, oh, put the ad in and move on. <laughs> Hey folks, make sure to stay up to date on all the latest episodes by following us at Get Wrecked Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Or if you have any recommendations you'd like to hear us review on the show, you can contact us directly via email. 
Or, I don't know, maybe you just want to send us some feet pics. You creep. I don't know what you're into. I don't care. We'll review those too. What do you think of that, huh? In any case, all your requests, feedback, and general criticism of the straight white patriarchy can be sent to getrectpod at gmail.com. That's G-I-T-R-E-C-D-P-O-D at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. All right, so today, folks, we are getting into the film made in 1994 called Leon the Professional. This film was Natalie Portman's debut film. She was 12 years old or maybe even 11 when she acted this out. Um, Main actors are Gene Reno, Gary Oldman. I love me some Gary Oldman. I actually forgot that he was in this when I recommended it to you. Dude, this movie was Gary Youngman. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, he he was, uh, it was an earlier role for him. Um, Yeah, Natalie Portman. Um, Those are really the the three main characters. Yeah, who played the white Jamaican cop? The uh that his name his name his name his name <laughs> Are you ready for this name? Okay. Willie One Blood <clears throat> is okay. his name. Alright. Willie One Blood. Yep, that was the Jamaican the white Jamaican cop. Yeah. So um so this film um it takes place in New York and Leon is a professional hitman. He calls himself a cleaner. And he is a badass. Like, hardcore, coming from the shadows, will murder a fucker. Yeah, he's basically Batman, but he murders. Yes. Uh, Well, and also, he's not about justice. He's Batman for hire that murders. That murders, yeah. (laughs) He is is, uh, deadly. Um, The first scene of the movie is kind of wild. He basically just needs to go in and tell a guy to leave. So he murders the entire crew in a hotel. Dude, the opening scene is so funny. Because you get, there's like this mafioso type who's at the top of the hotel or wherever they're at. Mm -hmm. And he has a guy watching the door. And they have a walkie-talkie. And the guy goes, hey, boss, there's somebody here to see you. And he's like, who is it? I don't know. Somebody serious. Yeah, it's because he's got the gun pointed to his head. Yeah. <laughs> walkie-talkie. Like, Leon has the guy on the walkie-talkie with the gun pointed to his head. Somebody serious. Yeah, And but, I think that that's exactly who he says is coming up. Yeah, the ex- yeah, and then so the boss goes, Hey guys, get ready. Somebody's coming up. Somebody serious. <laughs> so fucking silly. <laughs> like, it was one of those... Where, because of the era it was made, I'm yeah. not sure if it was meant to be a little comical or right or, or not. So Yeah, I don't know if it... But it I, was to me. It, it was, was very a, I funny. could definitely see that being comical. Yeah, so basically the gist of the story, we won't go through it play by play, but Leon is a professional hitman who lives in, um, who lives in some apartment complex in Manhattan. And it's a pretty, it's a pretty slummy place to live. Yeah, there's just some twelve year old skank smoking cigarettes on the <laughs> on the staircase when he comes home. Who happens to be played by Natalie Portman, and Natalie Portman's dad is not a very good guy. Natalie Portman does not get along 
her her name is Matilda. That's her character's name. So Matilda does not get along with anybody in her family, save for her younger brother, who's like four years old. Yeah. And it turns out that her dad is a pretty crummy guy, and it um, there's a scene where some mafioso mob guys show up to the house to the apartment. Sorry, and they're like, "Hey, uh, we tested the cocaine." that you're stashing for us. And when we tested it before we gave it to you, it was a hundred percent pure. Now we're testing it now that you gave it back to us and it's 90% pure. So where's the 10% of our cocaine? Yeah. And the guy basically is like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything. You know, and you know, you know how cocaine sometimes just loses a little bit of percentage. Yeah. Yeah. Loses some value in its quality. And while, this mafia guy is trying to talk to him. There's a dude just with headphones in, just not looking at anything. He's in a suit and he's like, I really don't want to interrupt him when he's got music. And it turns out that this is Gary Oldman and Gary Oldman, uh, gets real weird real quick. <laughs> yeah. His role in this film is unhinged to say the least. Uh, yeah. To say like there are, Gary Oldman roles, and then there are Gary Oldman roles. And I think this goes into the latter. Like, this goes into the Fifth Element type of film. Yeah. Gary Oldman's in there. Um, Dude, I love Gary Oldman in the Fifth Element. Oh, yeah. It's, I it's love great. the Fifth Element. That's yeah. probably, it's easily one of my favorite movies of all time. Would you believe that this was written by the same guy? Really? Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. Cool. Um, I actually I do kind of get that because action wise, they they both kind of have these like fun action scenes as well as like a a nice blend of action as well as like juxtaposed with comedy. Sure. Yeah. I you know there is some comedy in this film actually, and there's some intentional comedy. Yeah. Definitely. So so that that first scene where he's like somebody's serious that that may have been comedic. That may have been purposely comedic, now that I'm thinking back on it. But, um, yeah, basically Gary Oldman comes in, and he's like, look, just find out where the 10% is. You have until noon tomorrow. And they live in the same hallway, their neighbors, to uh, to Leon. And, of course, Leon's kind of this like paranoid guy because he's a hitman. He kills people for a living. So he's always got his pistol right next to him. He's always peeping through the peephole. Yeah. The door. He's like, who's, who's stomping around here? Yeah. Yeah. And in his going back and forth, Natalie Portman's character, Matilda seems like they kind of talk here and there, but like they don't know each other for sure. Yeah. The vibe I get is that she's always out smoking cigs on the, on the goddamn stairwell. Yeah. Once again, 12 year old skanky Natalie Portman. <laughs> it's very weird and it, it only gets fucking weirder yeah and it seems like he's nice to her and just like kind of checks in on her like hey is everything all right sure you know it just a a neighborly thing to do it, yeah exactly he is because leon is an interesting character he is a hitman he's fully alone he has to be mm-hmm. he can't really have attachments but in his heart he's not once again, he's a professional. He's not somebody who kills because he takes joy in it. Yeah. He's somebody who kills because he's a professional. He's a professional. That's his job. He can separate the two. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's genu- genuinely kind of like a 
sweet person. Yeah, he actually in, is. In many ways. Yeah. And so I, my vibe I kind of got was that they were trying to set up like, oh, he's just nice to her when he passes her in the hall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely got that vibe too. Um, so the next day comes around and Gary Oldman shows up. And so Matilda has an older sister, um, her dad, her dad's wife, who is his step, who is her stepmom. And then, and a prostitute. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure she has a dad who's a drug dealer and a stepmom who's a prostitute. She's something. She's definitely living a glamour lifestyle. Because basically, she's like, I have to go to work. And he's like, Why don't you work from home today? And then he starts fucking her in the bathroom. Oh, okay. All right. So I'm pretty sure she's a prostitute. And then her sister is like an 18 year old. Like bitch, she's watching what's what's the lady with the workout videos in I the early nineties? Spandex Summers. aerobics, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, it might, might be Suzanne Summers. The family's insane. Yeah, and it makes no sense. Like, you're a drug dealer, and you're married to a prostitute, and you have this huge apartment in a shitty apartment complex in New York City, and there's like kids around. I'm like, this is insane and doesn't really make a lot of sense (laughs) yeah so um basically noon hits and they show up and at the time matilda natalie portman's character was out getting food or groceries yeah for the family so she wasn't in the apartment and they just get gunned down through and through and it's ruthless it's like the the wife is in the bathtub just listening to music. Gary Oldman kicks down the door and shotgun blasts the wife yeah, right, right in, the, in the head. Yeah, I mean, it's, well, she's in the bath. It's intense. And then they shoot the the daughter, not yeah. not Matilda, the other one. Mm-hmm. And the young boy, the four year old, he hides under the bed. Yeah. And Gary Oldman's character goes up to the dad. I don't know what it is about in the nineties films being like, we need psychos to listen to classical music. <laughs> Cause you know, the detective in boondock saints does the oh, same yeah. thing. Yeah. Willem where, Dafoe's character. Exactly. And so Gary Oldman like pulls out his headphones and he's like, I love Beethoven. Mm-hmm. I like Mozart too, but he's just too light and fluffy for what's about to happen. Yeah. He's a little, he's definitely out there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it's an over the top, like psychopath character. Yeah. So so they're murdering everybody in here. Leon, of course, has his eye against the wall. Well, his eye against the peephole of the door. He's got his gun ready. There was actually a scene that I thought was great where somebody was next to the door and he's looking and then he looks at his gun and he moves his gun. Yeah, he's got, I like, like that. The, the pistols just lined and, up. Well, and that happens a little bit after because what happens is... Well, first, the some somebody's gun goes off and the kid goes running and they fucking gun down the four-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. And they're not happy about it. No. They're a little bit peeved. But, they're more you know, annoyed. it's all in a day's yeah. work. Yeah. yeah. Once again, these mobsters. These, these mobsters, gangsters. yes. And Matilda comes home and she's carrying groceries and she hears them talking and she walks by the door and sees dead bodies she sees her father's dead body in the doorway and she just keeps walking by and goes to Leon's apartment, like knocks on the door. Yeah. And is like, 
please let me in. That's actually a really good scene. Oh my gosh, it I was mean, amazing. I mean, Natalie Portman is genuinely incredible. Yeah. And, and it's neat to see that she has been. Yeah. Since she was 12 years old, she had more talent than I will ever have. It's kind of, <laughs> it's a little disheartening. But yeah, she's basically like crying at his door. Please let me in. Mm-hmm. And so he does. And then when the mobsters realize, hey, there's still a kid missing. The oh, guy in the right. hallway who saw her go in is like, walks over to Leon's door to be like, he thinks something's suspicious. And that's when Leon's like tracking him with the gun through the door. Yeah. That was a cool scene. It was a cool scene. So, um, I mean, they find the Coke. Turns out the dad did stash 10% of the Coke away. And and then they leave, you know? And so the rest of the film is Matilda wanting to get revenge, not because her whole family was killed, but specifically because her little brother was killed. And he was innocent. And didn't hurt anybody in his whole yeah. life. He was a, just like a, a pure soul, right? Yeah, like everybody she, else in the family was crap. Yeah, I like she even said like, honestly, I don't care that they killed my dad. Had I been there for a couple more years, I probably would have done it myself. Yeah. Once again, twelve year old kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the Matilda character is a bit unhinged. One hundred percent. A bit unhinged. So, so that's the general premise, right? Um. He takes her in, kind of not really wanting to, but she guilt trips him into like, look, if you kick me out, it's like you never opened that door. I'll be dead by tonight. I know it. I can feel it. Yeah, and she probably would have been. They wanted to kill her. Yeah, probably. Which doesn't really make sense (laughs) because they didn't want to kill the little kid in the first place, but they're like, oh, wait, he had one more daughter this a young daughter. We better go find and kill her. I guess, man, might as also, well. Also, where are the police? They're in a busy apartment comp, like a big apartment complex. Just a lot of gunfire going off. A lot. It's we're and, talking like machine gun gunfire. And it takes about half an hour for the police to show up. Mm-hmm. Now I know New York was pretty gritty in the seventies and eighties, and so maybe it's supposed to be like this is a a bad neighborhood. This is a shitty apartment complex. Sure. I definitely think that that's part of it. That or maybe it was just a narrative thing where they're like, it's just let's let's ignore the police. I I don't know. But I was watching like, where the fuck are the police? Yeah, it could be a little bit of both, I think, in this situation. So um, the rest of the movie is Leon teaching Matilda the trade of being a hitman. And it kind of goes from there. So with that being said, that whole kind of introduction and synopsis, Thor, where are you standing with this film? What are your general thoughts? What were your initial impressions? I, I think it's a very interesting story. Take a kid whose family gets killed and like you kind of have that dark loner character who's truly good at heart, takes the kid in. But the kid is, like you said, a little bit unhinged and is like, I want you to teach me to do what you do. Mm-hmm. What he does is kill people for a living. I think it's a neat premise for a story. What I didn't love about this film, and that we haven't really touched on yet, is that Natalie Portman, once again, 12 years old when she shot this movie, her character is in love with Leon. Yeah. Let me say that again. She's in <laughs> love with a middle-aged hitman. 
And it's not like a subtle thing like, oh, maybe it's going on. She says as much at different parts of the movie. Yeah. Um, she dresses up like Madonna and does the song Like a Virgin mm-hmm. for him mm-hmm. and is dancing around all sexy. Once again, she's dressed like a skank. <laughs> it's uncomfortable to say the least. Yeah, you think so? Be- yeah, because they intentionally sexualized a 12-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's it's a little bit tough. Um and and it's kind of weird watching this because I know who Natalie Portman grows into and I'm like I know she ends up being a beautiful woman. Sure. And so you can see her in the little girl which adds a level of conflict to my brain where I'm like I don't like this because <laughs> It's a sexualized 12-year-old girl trying to fuck like a 40-year-old man. And it kind of seems like he's also attracted to her in a weird way. Like, he, it's more of a, like, for the most part, he's, like, takes a fatherly role. Yeah, I think that, I don't think that for him but, it was a sexual thing. I think I, for her, I don't even know if sexual is the right term. Like, maybe she knows enough yeah to to be that but it definitely was a a crush like yeah for sure a crush yeah exactly um because she does tell him she's like i I think i'm falling in love with you and he's like how do you even know what that feels like yeah and she's like it's like a feeling in my stomach yeah yeah so interesting thing about that um in those scenes where it gets weird Mm mm-hmm the guy who plays Leon. He's uh, incredible. Oh my gosh. He's a great actor. What else is he from? <clears throat> You're not going to like this, but like the main thing that I know him from is, um, is the pink Panther movie. With <laughs> okay. Steve, with Steve Martin. Uh, he plays the deputy detective with Steve Martin, with inspector Clouseau. But okay. he, he was also in the first mission impossible movie. He was one of the bad guys in that. He's been in a number of things. Yeah, he's I was been around say, a while. He, his face is very familiar. I couldn't spot like exactly what I knew him from, but he's he's incredible. Yeah. He does a great job. Yeah, Gene Reno is is great. He's um he was in Ronin. He was in let's see what else do we got? A lot of French films because he is a French actor. Um And what, the guy the guy who wrote this is like a French writer or director, right? I he might he's French or Italian, but yeah, something like that. I he's read European. Like a quick synopsis, and it said it was a French film written in English. Okay, yeah, I could see that. Um, and but, I assume that's why, because when looking up this film, I saw it in some places just called Leon, and then in some places just called The Professional, and then in uh, other places called Leon the Professional. Yeah, I think that the professional tagline was put in there for the American release. Okay, but for the European release, I don't. I think they just called it Leon. Okay, that makes um, sense. But he in in the scenes with Natalie Portman, he said that he purposely wanted to play the character of Leon as somebody who was a little bit mentally slow, and I think that that kind of comes through. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, that, like that does make sense. He's a little bit simple-minded and really a, 
Oh, man, I don't want to say a really good-hearted person because he kills people for a living, but he certainly has a sweet side. He has an endearing quality to him. Well, yeah. No, but I do get that. I do think a sweet-hearted person because the assumption is almost like he's a guy from a country not as developed as America where it may be more brutal or more not as easy of a life yeah. where you can compartmentalize those things and separate them. Sure. So I, I, I do, I think that I think yeah. he is a genuinely kind of a good person. Us. If you take out the fact that he kills people for a living, yeah. but it's not like he's doing it to be malicious. He doesn't want to kill people. He's just like, this is what I do. It's my job. Yeah. Um. So he played Leon that way in part so that, it wouldn't be as perverse of a film so that it would seem more like he is somebody who wouldn't or maybe even couldn't think sexually about the character of Matilda. Okay. And yeah. And, and then with that, with those scenes, he basically said he let Natalie Portman run the show on that. And he just kind of worked off of her vibes because she's 12 years old. Yeah. So, yeah, she's um, not like 18 playing 13. She's 12 playing 12. It's (laughs) uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, Natalie Portman, uh, I guess, did an interview, too, with Vanity Fair. Uh, Mm -hmm. I sent that article, and she said that she was kind of conflicted about it. Yeah. And that it it seems a little cringe. And I I would agree probably now. Yeah, it's been a little while since I've seen this. Um, so recommending it to you and then watching it again after I recommended it to you. It's always different, or it's always interesting watching it, and you kind of remember the movie, and then you rewatch the film, and you're like, oh, okay, so there are things that feel different this time around. Sure. Yeah, last week we watched Gummo. I don't know if you remember, mm, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of had a similar experience. So, So, I mean, with me... I didn't think anything about Natalie Portman's character and her feelings towards him at all. I was just like, this is a fun film. Interesting. Yeah. Watching it, you know, previously. And now maybe it's because I'm 35 and I have a daughter and I just have a different perspective on life. Yeah. And you're basically Leon's age in this film. Yeah. Um, so, so that gives me a little bit different perspective. Um, I also, I don't know, I'm a teacher too, so I'm not not quite as young as 12, but my freshman students are often 14 years old. Yeah. So just seeing where they're at maturity-wise, yeah. not saying that they're not smart or but anything. But yeah, just, that's a similar role where you're working with yeah. young people, you're teaching them a skill. Yeah, so, um, so I just look at it from a different mindset, and it, it definitely felt... A little uh, cringe was the word. That, <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good that word. That Natalie it. Portman used. Um, but she said that everybody was great as far as in the film. There had evidently been some accusations about the writer, uh, about, I guess, his relations with women in the past. And, and from what I gathered, this film was loosely inspired by a relationship that he had because the age of consent in whatever European country he's from was 15. Okay. So he had a relation with a very young uh, teenage girl, woman, adolescent. So there's definitely some weird stuff happening behind the scenes yeah, as far as sure. like underneath the script and that type of stuff. Um, 
but I I don't know. I still personally really enjoy this movie. I love the fact that Natalie Portman's character, Matilda, got them kicked out of a hotel because she just went up and told the bell clerk that they were lovers. Yeah. I, <laughs> that, to me, was hysterical. It I don't is know very if it was funny. meant to be funny, but it was hysterical no, to me. And actually it is. That's actually a really important scene, I think, for what we have been talking about specifically, in that it shows, that kind of shows her lack of understanding of exactly, of like her crush and what that actually means versus what it is. Sure. That she's like, I'm going to go tell this guy that we're lovers because I'm in love with him. Uh And it kind of goes to show this this like full misunderstanding uh, on her part of what she's actually saying. Yeah. Whereas she thinks it's cool. Um, she's like, I'm in love. This is awesome. And then the, <laughs> the, the bellhop is like, what the fuck? Yeah. I thought he was your dad and you're his lover and you're excited about. Yeah. I thought it was funny. Cause then it just hard cuts to them walking down the street again. Yeah, getting find, kicked out, yeah. <laughs> to, to, like, try and find another hotel to stay in. Um, how did you feel about Leon's financial situation? Because... Oh, the Bank of Tony? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because that's, that's really where you start to realize, oh, maybe Leon isn't as... Like, he's professional, but maybe Leon doesn't have it all together. And Because it definitely seems like he's being taken advantage of by tony yeah for sure and you know it's one of those i didn't necessarily like contextualize it in my mind but how you said that the guy tried to play him as you know a little bit simple Mm -hmm. or maybe not fully aware of what's going on his relationship with tony really kind of highlights that yeah because tony is Basically, like, I'm holding your money for you. Tony's the guy who gives him jobs. Yeah. And is Tony's a legit mafioso. Yeah. Because we didn't touch on this fact yet that uh, Gary Oldman, not actually a mafioso. (laughs) He's a DEA agent. Yeah. Who pretty recklessly murders women and children. Yeah. He's not a good cop at all. You know what's funny, too, is there's a scene at the very beginning where this old lady comes out of her apartment. Oh my God. Yeah. And she starts yelling at them and she's like, you need to leave that family alone. And they're like, DEA ma'am, just go about your business. Go back inside your apartment. And then they shoot a gun at her when she doesn't <laughs> like right above her head. Yeah. But at the beginning of the film, uh, cause again, I forgot that Gary Oldman was in it. I forgot that they were cops. I figured that it, uh, in fact, when Ashley asked me what that movie was about, I said, oh, I'm pretty sure it's, I didn't say I'm pretty sure. I said it's about um, Leon does a job, doesn't realize that there's a daughter involved. So kills the parents, but doesn't realize that the daughter's there. And so takes the daughter in. That's what my brain told me. Oh, wow. So it's been a while since you've seen this. Yeah. 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 That's not even remotely close no other than the fact that he's a hitman and he brings in a little girl yeah 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 well because i just the whole part with gary oldman and the cops didn't register to me yeah and well and i like that they they intentionally mislead you 
that these guys are mafiosos. This yeah. this <laughs> a multiracial crew of like a white guy who talks like he's Jamaican with dreadlocks and Gary Oldman and there's like a black guy and a Hispanic guy. Yeah. <laughs> like that classic 90s gang, uh, like multiracial gang. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, they do mislead you intentionally to think that these guys aren't cops. And when the guy tells them, tells the old lady, go back inside, we're the police. Yeah. They're like, oh, of course they say he's that. just saying some bullshit to get this old lady to go inside and then fires a gun over her head. Yeah. Turns out, surprise, they're actually cops. <laughs> yeah. They're actually D agents that happily kill women and children. Yep. <laughs> so, so, um, a lot of the film, there's a lot of action up front and there's a lot of action at the end of the film, but a good bit of the middle of the film is just his relationship with Natalie Portman. Yes. And I think that that's actually um, where the movie shines. As much as we've been saying that it's kind of weird um, as far as the relationship between the two, he really does take on a mentor figure in his mind of saying like, okay, this is how we do things. We are going to be professionals. He even goes on to tell her like, you need to stop smoking. You need to stop swearing. Yeah. <laughs> but he really takes on the father mentor type of role, at least in his mind to her. Um, and you can see, cause he goes and he, um, he checks out, I guess you call it checks out, uh, rents, borrows a sniper rifle and they're like, oh man, no, you haven't checked out one of these before or in a long time. Only, uh, newbies use this gun. And he's like, ah, you know, I'm keeping my, keeping myself sharp type of thing, but he's actually grabbing the sniper rifle so that he can teach Matilda how to shoot. Yeah. I really like that scene cause he gets it from Tony and I really like I don't know who plays Tony. I I didn't recognize the actor. I like that character a lot. Yeah, that was a guy named uh, Danny Aiello. Aiello? A-I-E-L-L-O. Oh, I've heard that name before. L-L-O. Yeah, his picture's in black and white, so I don't know if he's still around or not. He was in Moonstruck in 1987. That was a pretty popular film. And that's really it that I am seeing. I don't know if he's alive or not. Now I'm curious. Oh, nope. He died in 2019 at 86 years old. So yeah, I I like that scene because he's asking for a sniper rifle. And once again, Tony's like, why are you doing that? And he's like, I want to practice. And Tony immediately recognizes something's weird is going on. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and he kind of, like, gives him the fifth degree of, like, why do you need to practice? We're, we're still good, right, Leon? And then Leon starts asking. I don't know if it's that same scene, but Leon starts asking about money. And he's like, don't worry about your money. If you ever need it, I got it for you. But here, yeah. here's some here's here's some cash. Go have some fun. Go do your thing. You got a lady, don't you? Yeah. You can definitely tell that he probably hasn't paid Leon anything and he just gives him a thousand dollars here and there whenever Leon needs money. Yeah, he just because Leon does these jobs for five grand a pop, I uh-huh. believe is what he says he does. Five for. grand a head, yeah. And the whole time Tony's telling him, "I'm holding your money. It's better than a bank. There's no paper trail. There's yeah. no that. <laughs> Tony's never gonna pay this guy ever." Yeah, yeah. I love that character. I love their dynamic. I love the actor who plays Tony. Mm-hmm. Every scene where he's in there is fucking awesome yeah and he's not in it a lot 
he's always in like a pizza shop or a sub shop. It seems to be the place that he's at. I'm trying to think of how how it escalates to the point where Gary Oldman's character is now on the hunt for Leon. It's Leon shows up at a at a scene at a drug scene or 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 maybe it's just at a like at a at a hideout a stash and he just kills a bunch of Gary Oldman's men, right? Is that what happens? And he says no women, no kids and then just kills them all except for one of them and that's how Gary Oldman realizes that he might be connected to to Tony. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Because he's teaching uh, Matilda, and he's like, I have to... That's when she goes and tells the the bellhop that Leon is her lover. Yeah. Because he's teaching her, but he's like, you're not ready to come on jobs. I need to go do a job. Right. And he kills, like, some Chinese mafia guys. Yeah. Or, some, or something like that. Something I, like that. Honestly, but- I, I agree with you. You had said, like, the action stuff was probably not the the best part of the movie. Not that it's bad, it's just not the best. You know, the meat and potatoes of the movie is yeah. his relationship with her. Yeah. Same thing there. I don't know if it's not well done enough that it's super recognizable or if I just didn't, you know, put it in my memory bank that, because it wasn't a important plot point. As far as what I took away from it. Yeah. the I mean, the action in this, I think, is fine. It's very yeah. 1990s action movie. For sure. There's guys, you know, there's Leon coming down from the ceiling and shooting upside down. Yep. <laughs> yep. Because that is how you do things if you're a professional hitman. Yeah. It, it all kind of culminates in this thing where Gary Oldman gets the entire police force to come after Leon. And through the whole film, Leon's got this stupid plant. And he's like, this plant is my best friend. I water it. It doesn't ask for anything. He just keeps it out in the sun. And there was a really weird, there was a really weird line by Natalie Portman where she said something along the lines of like, that plant's just a plant. If you love it so much, you should... um, Planet, so you should it plant it so it can roots. grow roots. Yeah, Leon's weirdly obsessed with this stupid plant. Yeah, but then she comes out and says a line like, "What you should be doing is watering me." <laughs> you remember yeah, that and line? once again, and he spits up milk. We haven't talked enough about how much Leon <laughs> loves milk. Oh, yeah, that's he right. drinks two quarts a day. Yeah, he's always drinking milk. The movie starts out with a really big close-up of Leon drinking milk. Did you notice that? Like at the very beginning of the film, it it kind of pans into into the restaurant where Tony stays. And you don't see just Tony. You don't see just Leon. It's a zoom in of Leon's glasses. And then it zooms in on his milk. But like you see the wrinkles in his fingers. That's how close the zoom is. Yeah. And then you just see him drinking milk. Leon does love milk. He has a weird thing about milk. Yeah. And this plant. And this plant. There's only two things he loves in this world. Drinking (laughs) milk and his plant, his little fern he has. And he loves the fern. He's like, it's my my best friend. He's my best friend. Because it asks no questions like me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So dumb. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, the movie has its flaws for sure, but uh, it it did fairly well, I think, in the box office. Let me actually look at that. Now I'm curious. So this movie cost, according to IMDb, it cost 115 million francs, French francs. So that in U.S. dollars was 19 million. So it cost 19 million to make. And it looks like the worldwide gross was about 19,500,000. So the movie basically broke even. Okay. So it wasn't super profitable. That's interesting. I thought that it did better than that. I think, though, that this movie's kind of come a long way in being a cult classic. I think it's one of those movies that didn't, maybe it didn't do well up front, but. Um, I could see that. Yeah. Uh, and from what I heard, this was written and filmed within a relatively short period of time. Like he wrote the script in about a month. Okay. And then they filmed it in like three months type of thing. And I think that he was working on another movie, had to pause that and thought, well, since I've got to pause that for now, might as well make another movie. Yeah, I got this film waiting about this 12-year-old who wants to bang a middle-aged man. Let's do that one. <laughs> Let's do that one. That's the one. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, overall, that's the story of Leon the Professional. I hope that you somewhat enjoyed it, Thor. I mean, where where are you at with it? Where do you stand? Yeah, no, I did enjoy it. Like I said, I love Tony. I love Leon. And I think Natalie Portman, it makes sense that she went on to have the career that she had. Yeah. Because even at 12 years old, she actually plays a character with a lot of depth for yeah. being a kid. Yeah. The Gary Oldman character I didn't love because it was just, it was too insane. It was, my thing with this movie was like, it feels like a product of its time. It is very 90s. The action sequences are very 90s. Yeah. Gary Oldman's bad guy character feels very 90s where he's like, a little he, bit nuts. He doesn't have a lot of dimensions to his character. Where yeah. it's just, it's like... <laughs> yeah, that's true. He is he's like, the bad guy. Yeah. He is like, no question the bad guy. No empathy, no morality. Yeah. He's just a psychopath. He's just a psychopath. DEA agent who has so, a bunch of coke somewhere and he kills a lot of people. Yeah. So a little bit cheesy. Um, that's true. He does lack a little bit of depth. Now that you mention it i can see that so but i also i tried to approach it from that standpoint too it was like immediately into the first like 10 minutes of the movie when he's going around killing all the guards for that guy i was like okay it's a 90s movie (laughs) yeah so i tried to approach it that way dude how cool was the scene though where leon pops out of the shadows all slow like with the blade and just puts the blade against the guy's throat. I and, liked it. And then says, call this number. And then after the conversation, this is at the very beginning of the film. And then after the conversation, the blade just kind of goes back into the shadows. And then he slips away back into the shadows and he's fucking gone. Yeah, he's fucking Batman. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Oh, man, Leanne's such a cool character. He evidently, that character was played by Gene Reno in a previous film. By this guy. Okay. His name wasn't Leon in the previous film, but he evidently wore the same outfit, played by the same (laughs) guy, 
And the guy, the writer was like, this is a character. We can do something with was this. Was it like a French film or something? I, or I don't know. I okay. think. But yeah, he had like a very, very, very small role at the very end of the film. And he was like, this, this guy needs more. Like, this character has more potential. Well, yeah, a dark, quiet assassin. Mm-hmm. That That is a timeless and cool character. Yeah. Do you think Do you think that you could do it, Thor? Be an assassin? Yeah. I don't think I have the skills to do it. But could you do it? Like, like morally, could I live with myself yeah. and do it? Probably. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I'm pretty good at compartmentalizing emotions. So, <laughs> sure. And I think that's probably the main thing you need. Yeah, I think that... And I'm pretty good at being alone, so... You would definitely need to be alone. I, I think I could definitely live that life. You think? Also, I could be romanticizing it and be like, I could definitely do that. Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah. really definitely. I, I think that's one of those things, like, you probably have no idea what a <laughs> what life like, like that is actually like. <laughs> because here's the thing. There are people certainly in the world who actually do what this guy does professional hitmen i'm sure there's not a ton of them but they have to exist on some level statistically the odds are good yeah yeah i have to imagine that this film probably maybe gets 10 percent right right you know what i mean like living actual leon's life sure I think I could probably do that, but that's a fictional character that somebody made up. <laughs> yeah, and I get it's that. and it's in many ways glamorized, almost. Oh yeah, and that sure like yeah, obviously he's lonely, and he lives by himself. The dude doesn't sleep in a bed; <laughs> like, he sleeps in a chair. Yeah, half asleep. So I I don't know. I'd like to, I'd like to think yes I could kill people professionally and be cool with it mm-hmm. but <laughs> could you be a really mentor say? figure to a 12-year-old Natalie Portman who's got the hots for you? That probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd be like I'd be dropping her off at a fire station or something. <laughs> like you deal with this weird shit because I can't. I can't deal with this kid. She just shot up the streets of New York. Oh, yeah. We didn't even touch. I love that scene (laughs) where she's like, teach me to be a cleaner. And he's like, no, no, you're 12. Are you crazy? No. And she's like, okay. So she takes a pistol and just starts firing out the window and the streets of New York. And then once again, guess who doesn't show up? The cops. The police. (laughs) And he's just like, okay, okay. I'll teach you how to kill people. Yeah. He's probably like, good God, just like tone it yeah, down. Honestly, a lot of their dynamic is she badgers him into being like, okay, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you like it too that when he did start to teach her how to shoot, um, he's like, okay, pick a target. And and you're thinking, is she just going to shoot somebody in the park? I did like that. It was another, they led you to question like what exactly is going on yeah i really like though that the person so basically they set up the sniper rifle and she goes okay i found the target and they're looking down central park i'm pretty sure yeah and there's this guy who's jogging but it's some politician that's what it makes it seem like he gets out of like a black lincoln like town car and he has guys clearly with him so you're like i don't know 
is this a politician? Is this some connected guy? Yeah. He has armed guards with him and she's pointing the rifle at him. And he's like, okay, when you're ready, hold your breath. He's teaching her how to shoot and take the shot. Yeah. And so the whole time it's leading you down this path of where you're like, I don't know. Is she actually about to kill this guy or is she just going to pull the trigger and nothing happens? It turns out she was shooting him with like a it's like a paintball, paintball gun. gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a good scene. Yeah. And but I, I just thought that it was hysterical that the person that she happened to pick, because he's just like, okay, do you find a target? She goes, I found a target. And it just happens to be this dude who has armed guards jogging with him. And so of course he gets hit with a paintball gun and he's like, What? And then his guards just tackle him and like force him on the ground. Everybody's got guns. They're like, somebody's (laughs) trying to kill this guy. What's going on? And then Leon's like, we should go. We should go right now. (laughs) It was a great scene. Oh, it's a great scene. I enjoyed this movie. Looking back at it again, I didn't remember too, too much about it. As far as the specifics and the details, I kind of remembered the overarching plot and remembering that I liked it. And remembering that Natalie Portman did a really good job for a 12-year-old actor. Yeah. So um, that's why I decided to recommend it to you. I, I'm honestly not entirely sure how I feel about this film. Yeah? If I'm being honest. Okay. Yeah. What? Why? What's what's your conflicting feelings? All right. So it's cheesy action. Sure. Which, once again, you got to accept it's... Yeah. It's from the early 90s. It's not Die Hard. And I... I didn't love, like I said, the main plot is a 12-year-old girl trying to bang a middle-aged man. Mm -hmm. And not subtly either. Not subtly, no. There are a lot of things I liked about this film. Okay. There are a lot of things I didn't like. I'm kind of in the middle on this. Okay. Yeah. All right. So with that, then, um, on a scale of 1 to 10 quarts of milk, where do you think you're... Where do you think you're... I feel like I'm probably at like a six. A six? Okay. Whereas I would watch this again. All right. But not often. Okay. Like, I may I may come back to this one time. Yeah. But I don't know if I'll... I'm, I'm not sure. I would watch this again, but I don't think I would just turn it on because I want to watch it. Sure. Did Kendra watch this one with you? Yeah, no, she slept through it. Okay. But... And that had nothing to do with the film. She's just... She's very pregnant at this point. Yeah. She naps a lot. I yep. watched it right after she got off work. So <laughs> she watched like the first 10 minutes and woke up at the very end when she gets to like the boarding school. Oh, okay. And comes back to the boarding school and the nun is like, tell me honestly what happened to you. And then she tells her, like, I met this middle-aged hitman. My family died. I saw them die. I met a hitman. He was teaching me to be a hitman. I fell in love with him. But then he also got killed. <laughs> And the nun is like, what the fuck? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. You can stay with us. Yep. And then she goes and plants the plant mm-hmm. in Leon's memory. Oh, um, final thoughts. Leon killing killing Gary Oldman by giving him the pin of the grenade. I saw it coming a mile away. <laughs> <laughs> Because Gary Oldman basically shoots him in the back because uh, he's a coward. And, yeah, he goes to talk to him, so he's standing over him, and he just gives him the pin. And Yeah, we also didn't talk about where 
a 12-year-old girl infiltrates the DEA. Oh, yeah, there is that. To try and kill to kill Gary Oldman and the guys that killed her little brother. Yep. Yeah, she just takes she, guns. She somehow tracks them down. Mhm. And then breaks and manages to sneak through the defenses of the federal government agency. Yep. And takes guns to try and kill Special delivery. That's what she said. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's so 90s. Yeah, it's great. This movie is so (laughs) 90s. It's great. It's great. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. Six out of ten milk cartons by Thor. Um, What do you guys think? Did you guys watch Leon the Professional? I hope that you did. If you've seen this, I'd really love to know your thoughts, especially... If you happen to live in the Manhattan area, I do see a couple of you guys listening in New York. Um, so let us know what's the um, what's the arrival time for the police there? Is it is it about forty minutes, an hour? Because that's what it seems like in this movie. Is that really how slow the cops are there? I could I could get that I guess from traffic, but um, you know, yeah, let us know. Uh, find us on Instagram. Find us on Facebook at Get Wrecked Pod. Uh, you can also send us an email if you want to recommend something to us. Our email, uh, is getrectpod at gmail.com. That's G-I-T-R-E-C-D-P-O-D at gmail.com. There you go. Thanks, Thor. Um, so let us know what you think. We would love to hear from you. And if you have any recommendations, let us know. We'll happily discuss them on this show. So with that being said, Thor Next week. I did not prepare. So. <laughs> okay. All right. What are you feeling? Uh, movie, TV, hmm. music, or a documentary about music? And it's not the horrible one I had warned you about okay. a couple weeks ago. It's like a <laughs> one that you won't hate. Um, I'm up for anything. We've done two movies in a row. I don't know if that matters to people or to us, but I'm, I'm up for anything. Okay. So let's stick away from movies. All right. So what do you think? Um, I got music, I have TV, so how about some, uh, kind of like fun, jammy music, Okay. a comedy television show, Ooh. or a documentary about the Beatles? Um, I kind of, I kind of love the idea of a comedy TV show. We don't do many comedies on this, on this podcast. Okay. Yeah, let's let's do the comedy. Well, show. we did recently do a comedy uh, TV series from HBO called Barry. We did. So I'm gonna we give did. you a, I'm gonna give you a different comedy series from HBO. Okay. And this one is full comedy, The Righteous Gemstones. Okay, I think that I've seen the uh, like the header, the the kind of ad for it. Uh, season on Max. three is currently coming on right now. Okay. I'll just have you watch the first season. Okay. Or as much as you get through of the first season. Sure. It is, I believe, written and executive produced by Danny McBride. Is that the Eastbound and Down guy? Yes. Okay. Okay. And he also stars in it. Okay. Um, But it's starring Danny McBride, Adam Devine. Okay. uh, From Workaholics. Yeah. Or Pitch Perfect. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, John Goodman. I love John Goodman. Yeah, dude. So the basic premise of it 
is the gemstones are a a TV evangelical evangelical uh, church family. Oh, jeez. So, okay. John Goodman plays Eli Gemstone, who is essentially the patriarch of the Gemstone family. And he is a TV preacher and has been since the 80s. They are wildly rich, wildly successful. Like, uh, what? what's the guy who does the 700 Club? Oh, gosh. Uh, sheesh. I don't know his name. I know exactly who you're talking about, though. Is he? He's not alive anymore, though, right? I, I'm not sure. But, like, you know what I'm talking about. I know about. exactly. Yeah. So they're a family of preachers, essentially. They all work for the church, and they're TV preachers. Okay. And they get into some hijinks. Oh, jeez. Some, hi- some hijinks for the Lord? Yeah. <laughs> oh, kind of. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, so the show is called The Righteous Gemstones. I believe the third season is currently on. And are you an Eastbound and Down fan? I haven't seen much of it. Oh, I think it's one of the funniest shows ever made. Yeah. But once again, it's from Danny McBride. The Righteous Gemstones, very funny. So HBO okay. Max, or I guess it's just called Max now. Yeah, stupid. Um, so the guy's name from the 700 Club is Pat Robertson. Yes, Pat Robertson, Joel Olstein. Like those kind of guys. Gotcha. Those big evangelical TV preachers. Yes. <laughs> so are you ready for this? I'm sorry. I just looked at this. I just looked up the 700 Club on IMDb. Um, okay. It has an IMDb score of 1.8. And I don't know why that's so funny to me, but I just can't help but laugh at a one. That's the lowest score I've ever seen on IMDb. <laughs> I think Gummo might have I, a higher score. It that. definitely does. Um, <laughs> it's kind of hilarious that the 700 Club is even on IMDb. <laughs> And but also, that seems a little biased. You fucking Hollywood liberals. Oh, you hate God? Of course. Go, big, go figure. Go, fi- go figure. Yeah, of course you do. You know, why is the 700 Club on IMDb? <laughs> That's insane. I don't know. But um, yeah, so Robert Patton. I'm sorry. Robert Pattinson is Edward Cullen. Yeah. Pat Robertson. <laughs> okay. Pat Robertson um, actually passed away. Are you ready for this? June 8th, 2023. Oh, so that was just a couple days ago. Yeah. As of this recording. Yeah. A couple days ago. Oh, man. He was 93 years old. Yikes. Okay. That's kind of wild. wild. That is wild. All right. So next week, we are getting into the Righteous Gemstones. We're going to... we're going to get through as much of season one as I can. Is it a like an hour long episode, half hour episode? Off the top, of, I think they're hour long. Okay. So I don't know if we'll get through the whole first season. We'll get through as much as sure. you want to, but I'm pretty confident. So my last recommendation to you was Gummo, which may be the most hated thing you've watched or it certainly bad. close to it or tied. Uh-huh. You're going to like the Righteous Gemstones. All right, cool. It's cool. It's very funny. All right. It's very good. All right, folks. Well, next week, we're getting into the Righteous Gemstones. Uh, You can find it on Max Sans HBO. You know, the place where you watch HBO. (laughs) 
fucking stupid. Maybe you made me get a goddamn new account, Max. How do you think that made me feel? Do you understand? I don't have time to be relogging into your stupid thing. God damn it, Max. I'm I'm with you, Thor. I'm with you. <clears throat> but they got me by the balls. Because they got a lot of good stuff on there. They do have a lot of good stuff on it. I mean, you've you've even finished Barry, like all of it. I did, yeah. I think that you finished Barry before I finished Barry. <laughs> because well, when I when I recommended it, was really it to easy you, to finish. Yeah. Because they each season is like four hours long altogether. Yeah. And so we would just watch like an hour a day. Sure. Like we would eat dinner, we watch an episode, and then watch another one, and and we did that for like a week, and we like finished the whole series. <laughs> oh, man, what a good series. Yeah. All right. Next week, The Righteous Gemstones. So, until next time, folks. As always. You get wrecked out there. Stay wrecked. Yep, that's right. And uh, I lied earlier, Thor. I said that we huh? were podcast buddies. We're lovers. <laughs> oh, uh, uh.